All right, so maybe the avalanche had a little bit too much turkey or ham or mashed potatoes or whatever they were eating on their Christmas break because uh, they came out a little bit flat, which has kind of been what they've been doing for the past handful of games. But in the this four-game winning streak, they when they turn it on, they just completely took over. Kind of didn't happen against Arizona. And for whatever reason, the Colorado Avalanche continued to struggle against the Arizona Coyotes, and the Coyotes beat them 6-3. to three in their first game back from the Christmas break. Kyle and I will break it all down. Another episode of Locked On Avalanche coming at you right now. Your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is your quick Christmas meal of choice? Is it is it the turkey or do you go ham? Because, I mean, we just had the turkey about a month ago. So uh, some people go oh, it's a different ha- It's the ham. ham. Yeah, we do the ham, too. You do the ham. Yeah, you have to do the ham. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Avalanche. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That's always appreciated. Follow us on our social media outlets, L-O-P-N underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked On Avalanche. On Instagram, questions, comments, concerns, and opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And follow us on our YouTube channel. Over on YouTube, hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. All right. Uh, so as I said in the opening, the Avalanche drop this one six to three to the Arizona Coyotes. It's the Avalanche first trip to Arizona in the Mullet Arena. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but overall, just a odd showing by the Avalanche. It, it, it they just never could get the motor going, which is what they've been doing the past handful of games. They've come out a little bit sluggish, but when they want to take control, they take control and they get 45 shots on goal. And, you know, sometimes they have to have some heroics to win these games and go into overtime or shootouts or what have you, but they're winning them. And we've talked about that. We've talked about, Hey, they're not pretty. They're playing well. They're just not getting a lot of pucks in the net. And the team that you didn't think it would catch up to them against is Arizona. And, you know, Arizona seemed like a team that's been playing together for years and putting up six goals against the Avs. Offensively, I don't think it was the worst game where they have 31 shots on goal. Uh, But this was a defensive struggle for some reason for the Avalanche across the board. So a lot of people are, are kind of honing in on Sam Girard and Eric Johnson. Yeah, they were bad. But offensively, Kale McCarr was great. I didn't think Kale McCarr was great defensively last night. He had some lapses. Devon Taves had some lapses and bad passes. It was just all three pairings defensively had a poor game, and it showed. It was a mixture of bad defense. And if you want to summarize this game in a visualization, I had my first car was a 98 Chevy Cavalier, okay. and it had one of those floating needles where you would go downhill and it looked like you had more gas. But you'd go uphill and then all your gas would go away. The Avalanche this analogy by that. This is The great. Avalanche were playing with the gas needle the whole time. <laughs> if they wanted to coast cuz they didn't think they had enough gas, they would give up bad passes. They would give up just assignments. But when they felt like they had the gas, they had that one goal that was reversed. But they scored like two goals in less than two minutes. Hmm. They were getting turnovers. They were making Arizona look bad. They were taking the puck away repeatedly. 
well, when yeah, they that, wanted to. But right, then they felt like they had to coast to the end. And then when they took their foot off the gas, usually it's something that the talent the Avalanche has could get them through. But when they took the foot off the gas, it was a train wreck. Well, there there were moments where you felt like, okay, this is where the Avalanche are taking control. Yep. And, you know, if we're comparing it to, the, you know, that four-game winning streak that they just had, once that happened in those other games, the other team just they, – they couldn't get anything back. They couldn't get the momentum back on their side. Arizona did that. Yep. And that was the first time in this stretch of games where the Avalanche, when, when they would – you felt like, okay, they got some momentum going – um, something would happen. And, and like you said, like, yeah, it's kind of like, I wouldn't say taking the foot off the gas, but it was more like th- they, they, they had a detour. If yep. you want to, if you want to continue to use your car analogy, you know, like there was something that happened that there was some roadblock that got in the way and it was usually an Arizona goal, but you mentioned the one that was, was reversed on Kale McCarr. That was the moment where you're like, okay, they got two goals in like, it was like a minute. And the the second one, it was the uh, Miko Rantanen one where, you know, initially the puck was was stopped and he batted it into the, the net, which was a pretty goal. Mm-hmm. And then it gets it gets reversed. And it, it was the correct call on the reversal. Kale McCarr lost possession of the puck. His skates went into the zone before he did. If he never lost possession of that puck, their skates are OK to go into the zone first. Um, but that didn't happen. So it was reversed. And you're like, OK. But we got two goals back-to-back just like that. Keep that going. What happened? The opposite. Arizona got a goal. Yep. It was a couple minutes later, but stuff like that was not happening in the that short four-game win streak. And, and you know, you can't keep relying on that. You can't keep yep. relying. Like, once you gain momentum back, we're going to have it for the rest of the game. I don't think, like I said, I don't think many people thought it would happen against Arizona. But you know, give credit to Arizona. They 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 played they played a good game and they played a good game while the Avalanche. I don't think the Avalanche played a poor game. They didn't play their best game. There's a big difference between those two. People want to crucify them on social media right now, and it's like really unwarranted to me. They just played. They didn't play their best game. That that goes without saying. Yeah, there every nobody had a terrible abysmal game. There were things they did right and great at sometimes, and there were other times like. Great JT Comfer at the faceoff dot, absolutely majestic tonight. But yeah, when it comes to like the he, the production, there was he didn't tell any goals. He assisted, but you'd like to see him take that step up. Wasn't there? Kale McCarr looked lost on defense. All of the defense looked lost. But hey, Yorgiev pedestrian performance in in net, letting up five and. They were bad beats, like dropping, dropping to the ice with high top shelf goals. Like nothing, it well. didn't look good. <laughs> but then there were also good moments that you were, you were gonna have had. So it was just it was so yeah. inconsistent. It, yes, there, uh, and again, a lot of people are like I said on Sam Gerard and Eric Johnson, and you know they did not overall have a good game. They did not. But like you're saying, with this like up and down from everybody towards the end of the game, you got some good plays by Eric Johnson, one that he rang a puck off the crossbar. You know what I mean? So so you're getting you don't want that 
you don't want the the poor yeah. play and then you know when when it's like towards the end of the game and, and, you're, and you're forcing everything <clears throat> some good things happen you want a, a smooth consistent game throughout the entire thing that sometimes it can't happen it's just the way that the nature of the game goes right so yeah they, they overall that pairing of the three pairings struggled the most between Sammy G and Eric Johnson. Um, but when you needed them at the end of the game, I thought they were there and, and they at least gave you out. And that, that puck that rang off uh, the crossbar that Eric Johnson, that went in the other direction and it came right to Sammy G who hit a shot. That was a pretty good shot that almost went in too. So yeah, it, it's just, it was just a, a game where it was bad and then it was good and then bad, good, bad. It, there was just no, we didn't have that takeoff of when the avalanche, you know, take control and keep control. It's just, you know, you're going to have games like that. And to add to the weirdness of the game and just the inconsistencies, this was technically a road game where like 75% of Mullet Arena were Avs fans. <laughs> I think it that's was, most games in, in Arizona right now. It's like when when uh when goals and penalties were called, the cheers for Avs related things were it was shocking when you're yeah, like you couldn't, yeah. When you're like, this is supposed to be a road game, but this crowd is definitely behind the avalanche. Yeah. So it's and I mean let's let's talk about the elephant in the room here, the tiny little arena with the AHL style camera, like the light right on weird. top of that camera angle is weird. Everything was, it just felt like bizarro world. Yeah, like it was technically an NHL game, but nothing felt like an NHL game, and it didn't feel like the Avalanche, and it didn't feel like the Coyotes. No. Did not so. Um, more to get to with this game, including the continued. Yeah, the Avalanche got three, but the struggles continue when you're going up against a goalie who's struggling to stop anything. So we'll get to that, and of course, uh, even you know, Erod continues his his good play. Talk about that, and of course, a sound check to get to. But first, we have where where is my uh, blah, blah. There we go, our betonline.net uh, graphic there. Okay, so betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to the college bowl season to the bas- to basketball, to the basketball, if you want to call it. The basketball. I, I call it the basketball. For the that basketball. One, so you know, yeah. Um, and we've got it all at betonline.net, including – who you think will be the next Denver Broncos head coach? Because uh, I've been told things are happening over there. Yeah, you, <laughs> Kyle pointed to himself. You have yep, much as many chances as anybody else. Yeah. Uh, if you love sports podcasts and who doesn't, you can find those at Bet Online as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That is betonline.net. It's where the game starts. All right, sir. Uh, yeah, so you're going up against Connor Ingram, who, man, like I, I think they put the graphic up. They always put the graphics up on altitude to start the game, the goalie graphics. And I mean, his record is atrocious. He's like one eight and one or so, or one seven and one or whatever it is. 
Um, his save percentage is like 0.85. His goals against is like four and a half. Um, normally, and he's going to win the Vesna against Colorado. <laughs> yeah, you you would you would look at that and just salivate if you're an av- Avalanche yeah. team. Um, but this current crop of guys is just struggling as well as Miko Rantanen's plan, as well as uh, Evan Rodriguez is playing uh, in, in getting points and, and scoring goals. They're as a team struggling to do so. But you look at it and you're like, okay, well maybe this is a, a game where where they can maybe break out a little bit. I, I I was expecting I was expecting if he's given up four and a half goals a game I was expecting four or five goals I'm just sorry that's just what I was thinking I, like this Avalanche team is is still good enough to do that against Arizona and yeah you had the one called back uh, but even that one was fluky you can't rely on a batted puck in midair to go in all the time. So once again, the Avalanche are, are kind of struggling to score goals. And in this case, it hurt them because they got behind. And when your team's struggling to put pucks in the net, it's going to show. And maybe you press a little bit more. And I don't know what it, it's a combination of that. And why is every goalie that's going against the Avalanche right now, like you said, having Vesna-like games? And you know something else to lump in with that goalie performance you talked about the goal that got reversed. Mm-hmm. When Arizona finished out the second period by tallying that additional goal, making it 4-2, the body language on the whole team was defeat. I don't know. I won't say it was defeated. It was, it, 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 it was frustration. The shoulders slumped yes. for, for a second. Yes, because it you was, didn't want that. Like You, you had the game tied. Like you, you, that is the momentum you want. And when, when that gets reversed, you understand why it gets reversed. And then what happens next is the, or the next goal to be scored is them. You're going to have to be the, the dang it's basically to, to steal a, a reference. And what that confirms to me is they also don't believe that they can score the goals to get them to that point where they have mm-hmm. to really labor for each goal they have to get. And we were talking about this like last year. Like we used to, when we we're sweeping everybody in the playoffs and having a grand old time. You remember that? All the small things. Oh, so much fun. Um, when great moment. Uh, we, we we talk about the depth on this team. If we take off the top line, this depth of our team could beat half of the league. You're not getting that from the depth right now. You're not getting consistency, as we talked about in the first segment, from anybody right now. There's no cohesion. Like, I've been watching a little bit of the World Hockey Juniors and seeing the synergy and the cohesion and the just camaraderie and the team aspect. It's lacking right now in Colorado. And it looks like a bunch of individuals trying to have their best performance. And it that's how it feels. It's all a bunch of individual performances. There's no lines. There's no three-headed monster. There's no kid lines. There's no that sneaky avalanche second line that sneaks up on you like nukes not there you're you're missing a lot of key faces and this team just something's not jiving and they when this team's 100 percent, you know this team could hang a 10 spot on whoever and if it's boston it's five two but Mm. this current avalanche team they're still figuring themselves out and 
it's it's a weird thing to digest and adjust to because people like on hockey Twitter and Avalanche Twitter were saying, I can't believe the defending Stanley Cup champions are losing to the worst team in the NHL. Arizona's not the worst team in the they're NHL. They're not the worst team in the NHL. We've I'm not making excuses for them. We beat Columbus, but we've lost to Philly. So we've done this before. Those are two worse teams than Arizona, but it's it's so weird to wrap your head around. I don't know. Like I, I feel like they they have moments of of playing well. Like you're you're not going to get like you were you were alluding to last year, mm-hmm. right? Like all of the the injuries and just the different players that we've brought up, and you know the the number now. I think they've already surpassed the total number of players they used from last year, and we're just about to hit the new year. They've already surpassed that. So you're going to have moments of of, of you know not being on the same page but um but we have moments like you just had a four game winning streak yeah, yeah and and but you can't just say like oh we had a four game winning streak like those were tough games to win yeah i mean they, they weren't blowing teams out it's nashville and montreal you know, right like you 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 they were entertaining games but they were they were a dog fight yeah so yeah like you're, you're not in this mode where everybody is just on cruise control um, and again, I think we're, I'm going to talk about the, the time on ice for one, Jacob McDonald and two, Curtis McDermott, both less than four minutes. What are we doing here? You have guys that, you know, can play. Why? Like, I don't understand why you're not at least bringing up John Luke foodie looked fantastic. And I hate mm-hmm. continuing to play this tape, but he looked great. For, for the majority of the time that he was brought up. And I'm sorry, like, he, he he can play more than three and a half minutes a game and give you more than what you're allowing Curtis McDermott and Josh Mc, McDonald to, to give you. So I, I, I don't understand why this is like three or four games in a row now where these guys are, are giving you less than five minutes a game. In this one, I guess it makes a little bit more sense because you're constantly – you were constantly behind in this game, so you're you're you know you're going to roll your top lines out there a little bit more, but um, you know you have guys like like Ben Myers. I really like how Ben Myers yeah. play. He fits on this team perfectly. His yeah. work ethic, his hustle is unmatched. He he has a Logan O'Connor motor. Yeah, and man, is he so close to getting? Uh, I mean, it's not. He's had a couple goals. Not going to be his first goal. He hasn't scored in a while though. But he is so close to scoring. He is always in on the play. He when the puck is in the corners and, and the defender on the other team seems like there's nobody around. He's got an easy puck to collect. Ben Myers is on them. So I love how he is playing right now. You'll get that in in guys like Jean-Luc Foodie or even even Sampo Ranta. Like guys like that, like that you 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 still need to work out. And, and get the kinks out in the pro level. I know it's you don't want them learning on the job, but God, like if you're comparing them to time on ice for, for those two guys in McDermott and McDonald, how long can we do this? Like, I don't under, like we're just going to wait until the guys that are injured to come back to take their place. I would rather see guys from the NHL come up and give you more minutes than what they're giving you. You got Mulgan, Bleed, Maltsev, um, Houdon. If so all- many, yeah. Well, so many other options. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That you could really use that. And honestly, and the other side of that coin, 
you're playing McDonald, like J Mac's getting what five less than five minutes. Same with McDermott. Yep. What are you gonna do when you break McCarr and Miko Rantanen? Now what are you gonna do? I mean, what Rantanen had 22-42, McCarr 25-45, which is low for him. And we're talking <laughs> we talked first first segment about um the amount of gas in the tank. And it's starting to show in that moment of the four two. Um mm. and from moments past that, like you can't put it all on Kale McCarr. You can't put it all on Miko Rantanen. Lekkonen can't carry it. Nuke tried, and now he's week to week again. You have to distribute this a little bit, and it has to be more of a team effort, and you need to put a full team out there. You can't win games with just three lines. I'm looking at... Um... <clears throat> Even oh, though we see. were perfect on the power play, and we won the faceoff. Yeah. yeah. By a but, good amount on the faceoffs too, but you um, can't win games with three lines. And if you're not going to win the, if you're not going to put together a suitable fourth line and not use them, you can't ex- you can't get upset with this outcome because it takes an entire team effort. You can't just overwork three lines. And you had uh, Dennis Malgin up there on the second line today, and I thought he looked good. Looked really I thought, good. You know, and he had uh, it wasn't a clear breakaway but it was a kind of like a one-on-one and his speed got him past the defender uh, for a good scoring chance. Just a nice save uh, by Connor Ingram. So uh, I don't know. Uh, I I have issues with the game and there's there's other parts of it where you're like, what do you expect from the avalanche? And you had that four game winning streak, but like we said before, it wasn't just a walk in the park for the, and, but these are the games you're going to get, not, not specifically get, you know, six hung up on you but until you get a a full healthy roster you are going to get these dogfight games if the avalanche blow out a team i will be shocked right now i they can (laughs) win games they can definitely win games they will be in they have the talent they have defense they have uh goaltending to when they put it together they will be in games and can win games they've proven that but to to for them to go hang six up on somebody right now i I, it's not going to happen I, you, you're talking about hanging six on somebody. I'm sitting here thinking of other than Columbus, who can we win a series against right now? Uh, like you're, so you're talking playoffs. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't want to get there right now because I don't I, know what, who, what what this team's roster is going to be like. I'm talking so if you if we have to go into a playoff series format right now tomorrow with with this team. Ex- yeah. Other than Columbus, I, I gotta look at the standings. Because uh, Philly's already beat us, and they're right there on the basement. Like Chicago, they've they've already right. But those games, like like it's tough because when you played Philly, like that, those were like the first games with this crop of guys, and you're not expecting them <clears throat> to really like they're they're we're watching a lot of these guys like blossom. Like in front of our eyes. That, so those I, games, like the one against Boston, throw that away. <laughs> really, the one against Philly, you can throw that away. Like they're coming into their own. But you're right, though. Like if the playoffs were to start tomorrow with this team, <clears throat> could they win a, a a round? It would be tough. It would be tough. It's just They'd be the, in the games. Would it be tough? It's just a way to look at this team right now, and from everything we're accustomed to when it comes to the Avalanche. 
and where they are right now and what needs to be adjusted because we can't hang nine on everybody and i doubt we can win a series against anybody right now so it's there has to be a little bit of tweaking and adjustment and consistency is key definitely definitely and then they they just they lack it right now so we'll see what happens uh going forward they're playing they're off on uh, wednesday then it's home against the kings for a good team so we'll see how that goes um all right <clears throat> let's talk about injuries right now and then we'll get to our uh, sound check for the game because they did or jared bednar did give an update on some injured players right at the top gabe landeskog and if you follow us on social media we do our countdown <clears throat> the countdown is a a countdown for 12 weeks. And it started on the day that they announced that Gabe Landis guy would be out 12 weeks. So it's it's not like we, we knew it was going to be 12, uh, 12 weeks to the day. But it was a, a kind of like a way to just keep track of where we are, knowing that it might be plus or minus a few days here and there, <clears throat> hoping it would be minus a few days. But it looks like it might be plus some days. Yeah. Um, Jared Bednar said that Landeskog, Byram, and Manson are not close to returning. Now, in our countdown with Gabe Landeskog, I think there's 15 days to go. So you still have two weeks. So what does not close mean? Does not close mean more than, than 14 days? It sure sounds like it. Yeah. So if if we're we're not close with Landeskog, we're not close with Byram, we're not close with Manson. Those are three big names that are quote not close to returning. Um, the Landeskog one we know what it is is based on the the uh, surgery that he had. Manson was injured during uh, a game. Byram, I, he got injured during a game, but we just don't know where. And that that's a freaky one to me. And I, it, I, we don't think it's it's concussion based, which could be really concerning. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was lower body injury. Yeah, or, I think that's what he went down with. But yeah, it's so your take on those three guys not close to returning. I, I like how you said what is not close because we still have maybe a week till January and then. They were saying maybe mid-January, so that's like, let's say, two, three weeks away. Right. That's not and close. I, right. But but the thing is, with, with, with Jared Bednar knowing the diagnosis for Landeskog was, was 12 weeks, and 12 weeks is in 14 days, for him to say not close, he could have said he's on, he's yeah, on track, he's on track. For, for when, for what the 12 weeks is. So I'm thinking he's going off of not close to that, not to today. Because, yeah, two weeks from today is not not close in, in sports terms. And, you know, he's not close to he's not close to returning to us tomorrow. You know what I mean? So but he knows the timeline. So I feel like that's going yeah. well beyond it. I feel like we're not going to see Landis Gog till probably the end of January. Manson probably middle of January. Byram, I haven't heard a peep about him since he left the ice. I don't know if we see him again this year. We were saying that last year, but for different reasons. 
Hey, we just let me let me speak it out into the void because last time we said that he came back and had a stellar playoff. So yeah, I don't know if we'll ever see Byram again. Expect him back against the Kings. I see what you're doing there, sir. Uh, Nathan McKinnon is skating, uh, and they feel like he could get close. And Bednar had some comment saying, you know, people were like, "Well, that's kind of ahead of schedule." And Jared Bender made a comment. He was like, it's Nathan McKinnon. No matter what schedule you give him, he's going to beat it. So could he be back Thursday? I think there's a real possibility of that. Don't discount Nathan McKinnon at all when it comes to uh, Please. injury. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Helm. <clears throat> no timeline still on Helm. So we're still waiting for that. And Martin Cow is now week to week. For what you want. <laughs> All that production. Um, and as far as uh, Nachuskin, he's expected to miss a, a handful of time again. And uh, Pablo Francois was not the backup against yeah. Arizona. So he got a lower body injury. This is not sickness. He was out a couple weeks ago just with – he was sick. I don't know if he had the flu or whatever it was. He was out for that game. Um, Jonas Johansson came up to be the backup against Arizona because something happened to Frankie over the Christmas break. I don't think it happened during the last game. He didn't play the last game. So it's either happened in a skate, a morning skate or something where Frankie is out and we have no time table on that either. It's one hell of a season. I'm telling you what, <clears throat> I don't know. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get them back. Hopefully we'll have a full roster for one game. Maybe the last game of the season that is for all the marbles. If the Avalanche are fighting for a playoff spot, everybody will be back for that game and we'll score nine goals. Oh, that'd be great. I, my daughter literally asked me the other day, whatever happened to that Landeskog guy? And I just turned to her and say, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have an answer for you. I have no idea. <laughs> All right, let's wrap things up with our uh, sound check. Kyle and I will pick uh, one song, which we feel best summarizes the most recent game. You can follow this playlist over on Spotify. Just search LOA Soundcheck. This is volume number two. And uh, right now we got the Avalanche losing to the Arizona Coyotes. What do you have for that, sir? This is uh, one, of, one of the top ten bands for me. Down, the lead singer Pantera. Mm. Song is Stone the Crow. If you've Why ever that one, sir. It's it's a very, very good song. Um, the Nola album, very good vibe to the song, but like just it starts out about a deep depression. Can't seem to move it forward. My lying eyes lie awake, not sure what I'm after. This is the the whole song. Mute the replay watch the highlights of the game and listen to this song this song encapsulates the vibe of this arizona game so you're saying go pink floyd with wizard of oz yeah game. like if you play this game along with the the avalanche coyotes game it'll just go in time with the game i'm sure the riff will drop <laughs> about the time of the goal being overturned Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah that's a good one um they're, and they're not still together, are they? Down, they yes. They well, are still together. Well, now that Pantera's back together. Right, that's what I was thinking. That's like. that's actually what this band was found. Like, down is because of the down time. Yeah. When Pantera wasn't touring, Phil was in down 
the other half of the band is from uh, Corrosion of Conformity. Mm. So it's okay. like a kind of a like super group, but down is because of downtime. <laughs> down they time. weren't touring with their bands. They were playing in this band. Interesting. Cool. Uh, for me, I uh, I went to my tried and true Chris Cornell. Um, probably their best album, Super Unknown. And I went with uh, Fell on Black Days because mm. whenever the Avalanche lose, technically, you know, it, it, it is a black day and whenever you lose to arizona and i hate you know taking away from arizona but it's a team you should beat and yep. for some reason the avalanche just can't they just have a a struggle beating that team and, and competing with that team so um and you, and you just things felt good going into this game they really did you, you know the four game winning streak even though they were not you know blowouts and, and on cruise control you you just like oh we can continue this have a nice five game first game after the break you had some three days off and you fall on a black day so going chris cornell Soundgarden. garden what are you gonna do just gonna live it's in a misery good song like I'm, I'm i'm like singing it in my head now like this is oh, a yeah. really good pick oh yeah so like we said follow those on spotify loa soundcheck version two all right everyone that is going to wrap it up for today we will be back tomorrow uh with anything else going on in avalanche land so until then thank you for making this your first listen of the day that is always appreciated uh he is mr shaggy von doom kyle sullivan i am chris Vaselli. this is the lockdown avalanche podcast see you guys tomorrow go abs go